All right, welcome to another episode of Behind the Human. I'm your host, Mark Champagne, and it is my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. Today, I'm speaking with meditator, writer, and speaker, Diego Perez. He is also known by his pen name, Young Pueblo, which means young people, and is meant to convey that humanity is entering an era of remarkable growth and healing when many will expand their self-awareness and release old burdens. During a silent Vipassana meditation course in 2012, Diego saw that real healing and liberation were possible. He became more committed to his meditation practice while living in New York City. The results he witnessed firsthand moved him to describe his experiences in writing, something I am super thankful and millions of others I'm sure are also thankful for. So welcome to the show, Diego. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I'm super excited to be here. So am I to have you. I mean, your words are just, I mean, you probably never get tired of hearing this, but it's probably nice to hear it. Your words are just so beautiful. And, you know, it's amazing what a couple words strung together, what they can do, right? It's just, it's remarkable. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting, you know, receiving positive feedback like that. And I just try to, it helps me see that I'm doing my job right, you know, because I'm, I'm really trying to bring high quality things through a minimalistic format. So yeah. I'm glad I'm just glad it's serving people well. It definitely is. It's uh, it's actually my wife came across your work and she's like, have you ever heard of this guy? I feel like he'd be fantastic <laughs> for the show. And here we are. So oh, I'm thankful for that. Um, before we jump into your work, I ask the same question to every guest on this show, just to get an idea, you know, behind the titles and, and, and how in and, and the work that you're you're consumed with, just to get an idea on who the person is. And it's simply, who are you, Diego? As we sit here today, you know, who's the person? How do you define yourself, uh, at least today? Um, I think my identity is most based in being a meditator. That's why I always describe myself first as like. You know, I'm a meditator. I'm a writer second. I really enjoy writing. But um, if it weren't for meditating, I would have never been able to like crack open that inner creativity that was just like deeply buried under underneath all this old conditioning that was just uh, holding my holding my life back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I see myself as like, even the way I set up my schedule, the way I set up my life, my year, it's like I'll set aside my meditation retreats and then I'll fit everything else in between it. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I definitely want to get a bit of the backstory because I mean, meditation wasn't always a part of your life. I, I wrote down something to affect that. I think you're, it was around when you were in your early twenties where, you know, you were, you were using drugs and heading down a, a dark path. And then, you know, you go from that to inspiring millions with your, with your words and, and writings and, and teachings. Like what's, what's the in between there? What, you know, what sparked the writing or the, I guess should say the, the first time to really look at meditation. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly what you said. You know, I was, I was heading down a really dark path. I was really sort of consumed by being driven by pleasure so that I could hide a hide from my pain. Essentially. Um, every time I would feel any tension in my mind or depression would come up, I would immediately try to just like totally fill myself with pleasure, whether it was through drugs or partying all the time, or just like, just using that as an avenue to run away from myself. And, um, eventually that, that, you know, helped me develop horrible habits, um, where 
I was just out all the time. I was I wasn't doing that well while I was in university. Um, and after I graduated, I kind of just crashed. I like you know there was one night where I just pushed it too far, and I felt like I was dying. Like I literally felt like my life was on the brink. Um, wow. Yeah, and I I you know kind of like prayed myself back into existence and just really remembered my parents in that moment thought a lot about how much they sacrificed, you know, cause I was born in Ecuador. So I'm an yeah. immigrant, um, you know, a proud one too. And we, you know, they sacrificed so much to get us over here and we experienced so much poverty that I was like, man, am I just going to die like this? Like, I'm just going to die, like using drugs and doing nothing with my life. Um, but I was able to just like will myself out of that and, um, and start slow, positive habit building um, start like slow, uh, radical awareness, you know, like radical honesty where I was just like really trying to do the opposite of what I was doing before. Just be with myself whenever something difficult would come up, come up inside of my mind. How did you know to do that? Like how, like from, you know, seeing your parents and coming to that realization to, okay, I don't, you know, I want this to stop or I want to take ownership and, and move forward. But how do you, I'm thinking of anyone that's in that place right now, like, what was your first step? Yeah, when I was doing, so like, right, literally that moment after I like threw the drugs away, flushed them down the toilet, I, um, the next few days, I started pondering a lot about what led me to this point. And mm. I knew that it was this constant running away. So I was like, if I'm constantly lying to myself, you know, I was like, would just not admit that I was feeling a lot of anxiety, would not admit that I was feeling so much sadness. Um my thing was it lying led me here. So honesty can bring me back to a good place. And, um, and that just kind of clicked intuitively. And I was like, okay, okay. like, let me just build this new habit of honesty. I love that. I love that. And then, um, I mean, I'm super tactical with this stuff because, uh, as, as we were chatting about before hitting record and really big about, uh, on mental fitness and, yeah. and I'm a huge believer that just like exercise, if someone's, you know, going to go run a marathon and, and that's their <laughs> thing to train, uh, if you don't like training for a marathon, doesn't mean exercise is wiped out. So I really want to try to give people a whole slew of, of options. So what were, what were some of meditation obviously came up uh, at one point we can get dive into that, but was there anything else that was, was helping you stay in that honesty or explore that honesty? Yeah, I think it, it came, you know, there was like a few big things. It wasn't just the honesty, but it was this like slow, you know, peeling back and being honest about how much I had ignored my body and wow. how, how little I was, you know, I was just like, I wasn't feeding my body any nutrition. So in terms of like mental fit- fitness, I remember noticing immediately the moment that I started consuming superfoods. That was like, I remember I bought like a tub of barley grass and pretty quickly within a week, I was like, oh, I, my mind feels a little clearer. Like I can think a little better. Yeah. And as soon as I started like injecting like high nutritional food, like I didn't even change my diet yet. I was still eating the same kind of heavy dense food that wasn't nurturing me. But instead of just taking all that out, I started adding in really good food as well. And, um, that, that made a huge difference and it was like slow, like peeling back of all of that. Um, and then I started, you know, just addressing my diet, still like enjoying things, but just not taking it over the edge. Totally. Yeah. Totally. 
So, yeah, so let's talk about the the first meditation retreat and, and what that was all about beca- or, or what it was like. Because I've heard a few times now, and actually, you know, I was giving a, a, a talk around mental fitness for a company a, a few weeks ago. And, and someone actually asked uh, about some, some research that recently came out around some, you know, suicides uh, coming out of out of meditation. And that, that was kind of the only context. And I was like, that's, that seems a bit far-fetched, but I suspect it might be some off cases where it's like a silent meditation retreat, depending on what people are coming in with and who the yeah, guides yeah. are that, you know, I've heard Tim Ferriss talk about that as well from his, his personal experience. And when I read the article, that's exactly what it was. So I, I'd love to just hear your perspective on all this because it's a huge tool, but I mean, I think people have to also know oh, what they're getting into. <laughs> but it's but it's not for everybody. You know, that's and that's something that I really try to let like my audience know. Like I specifically write for people who are not meditators. You know, I write okay. for people who are just like, you know, the, the the masses of people who are first entering their their own personal transformation. Yeah. Um so I try to just help people understand themselves intellectually and build like a new mental framework for their own progress. But um but in that, I tell people, you should find a tool, you should find something, but that can be anything from journaling to one-on-one therapy to, you know, lighter forms of meditation to like very serious forms of meditation, like what I practice. Yeah. But, but the key is finding something that challenges you without overwhelming you, you know, because mm. like my mental conditioning is very different from your mental conditioning, like that all of us are incredibly unique in what we've experienced emotionally so if you want to do that deconditioning work, you need to make sure that you do it at your own pace. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a very tender thing, but it's totally, um, you know, something that you need to watch out for, like meditating, especially very intensely is not for everyone. For me, it turned out to be exactly what I needed Yeah. and, um, it totally fit me and it, you know, helps me just flourish immensely in terms of like my own personal happiness, my own inner peace. And like, I'm not perfect at all. You know, I got tons that I need to work on, but I wouldn't have gotten here if I, you know, didn't go to like a silent 10 day course and basically help clean my mind. (laughs) I love that. Well, and my intent with that comment is not to definitely not to scare anyone. I think by default, I mean, (laughs) you know, if you want to default to meditation, it's, it's probably a good thing. It's been, it's served me very well, uh, over the years, uh, as well. But I think you make a good point. It's just, again, like anything, it doesn't matter whether it's meditation or sport or, uh, other, other activities. I mean, you've got to, you know, do your research and know what you're getting into and know what you, to your point, know what you need or what feels right. And, um, anything in, in, in the extremes, I mean, you've got to, you've got to take a look at it. Right. So maybe you ease yeah. into something. Yeah, totally. I think, um, it is such a case by case situation and like, yeah, definitely people, you know, they take, they, I mean, it's with anything, like they try therapy, they try meditation. It's just like not for them. Yeah. fantastic it's not for you great yeah. but you should continue going out there because that's the special thing about the world we live in today is that part because of globalization like we're so interconnected that we have at, like more access than before to so many different amazing practices so whether yeah. it's you know therapy or different forms of meditation and there's even you know indigenous practices there's just so much that can help you tap into yourself and just like start that personal transformation journey yeah I think the key is, you know, be open, explore, yeah. 
and, yeah. and kind of enjoy that journey. So, but let's talk about your your first meditation experience because <laughs> I I haven't heard actually. I mean, I've listened to a few podcasts now that you've been on just preparing for the show, um, but I don't recall hearing just the what that experience was like because you know going from where you were to it sounds like you were taking some small steps and daily steps to uh, start to heal and, and build that, that self-awareness, do some reflection and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, you jumped into this, uh, to this retreat, like what, when you arrived the first few days, like, how are you feeling? I, all I could think about was running away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For the first few days, um, you know, as soon as you get there, as soon as you start meditating and you start just like putting yourself through that process, like all these, all this like old junk just starts coming up. Like all this old stuff, you know, that you've accumulated throughout your life will start just slowly unbinding itself and finding its way out of your mind. And, um, and sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's feels, um, intense. Like it just feels like you're, you're cleaning yourself out, like you're cleaning out an old wound. Um, but as I kept, you know, as the days passed, as I understood more and more of what we were doing there, um, it was like around day seven where I really kind of buckled down and realized like, okay, it's not worthwhile to try to escape. Like I'm here. Let me just give it a, you know, a good, like at least 80% of my effort. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, and I ended up getting so much out of it, you know, like it was, it was hard. It was painful and I had never been tested like that before in my life, but the rewards, like, were so much bigger than the amount of effort that I put in. Like, um, I felt like the, you know, the, the rate of return for the investment was just humongous. Like I, you know, I put in a certain amount and I ended up getting like 300%. Um, I described it to my friends afterwards. I told them that, you know, we had all gone to college together and I was like, I learned more in these 10 days than I did in four years of college, like hands down. And, and I felt just, my mind felt lighter than it ever had felt before, which was incredible from having to carry this weight for so many years. And I was like, wait, I was like, I can feel my emotions and it doesn't scare me. And I can like, you know, I can think and I can be present and I can have compassion for other people. And if someone says something that I don't like, it doesn't ruin my day. You know, it's like, it was just such a big shift immediately afterwards. Yeah. Well, I imagine because you're probably, especially with the, with the drugs, just numbing out those past emotions, right? For Mm -hmm. sure. And then when, uh, and I promise we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to, uh, to your latest book as well. Cause it's, it's so, uh, yeah, no, no so beautifully yeah. done, but when did then the words start to, to come to, uh, fruition for you? Cause I don't think oh. you ever, you didn't identify your, uh, you were, you were heavily involved in activism type work, right? Prior yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was involved, um, you know, since I was like 15 years old, I was, um, always pretty, you know, I just understood that the world could be better. Like we could better organize this world. It could be much more humanistic, much more caring, compassionate. Um, And yeah, I I did a lot of really good work in in Boston with this group called Boston Youth Organizing Project. And it was just a powerful group of people, man. We would come together and just make like literal material change in our environments, in our schools, in our city. We'd like change laws. We'd, you know, we, we we would do a lot. Um, but it, it was a big shift, you know, like when I started meditating, I felt like the creativity slowly started opening up. I remember after I meditated, um, I wrote like one tiny little poem after the first 10 day course. And then I didn't write anything else for 
for months. Um, but it was after my third 10 day course where I felt something pretty clear. You know, I was like, you don't know everything. You're not totally healed. You're like totally in the middle or beginning of your journey, but right, you know, just, just right. Like let people know that healing is even possible. Um, yeah. cause to, to me, like, you know, this is 2012, like 2012, early 2013. This is before self-love hit social media really hard. This is before like, you know, all the big people who are out now who are, you know, just helping people change their lives in a very realistic way. Um, so I I didn't know that healing was possible and it blew my mind that I was like, yo, this is real. Like I'm not, I'm not lying to myself right now. Um, so I just started writing and I started taking little bits that I understood and putting them into tiny poems. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Well, and then like, I think we need to get, cause I, we're probably around roughly around the, the same age, just ignore the, the early gray hair here. Um, <laughs> but I mean, our, our parents just weren't, I don't think we're conditioned to no. talk about feelings, emotions, any of that. Like I'm in a, I'm in a men's group and that's all it is. It's just purely kind of un- unpacking that. And, and, you know, I have a, I have a five-year-old and some of the guys in the group have, have kids as well. And we're just doing everything we can as, as, as least as men to to show that's okay to express emotion right so it's it's no it's not surprising right to hear um what you just mentioned no and it's it's funny for our generation right because we're in new terrain like this hasn't really been done as far as we know in terms of history because it's just been about survival like people have been like how can i get from point a to point b and i can't worry about my emotions right now and especially like, you know, where, from where I'm coming from, like from Ecuador, like we're coming from a really poor background. Like my parents, my, my mom, she, she used to clean houses and my dad, you know, worked in a supermarket. So they yeah. were working like the most, you know, low paying jobs, really honest work, but it, it you know, the, all they could think about was making ends meet. And it was yeah. interesting because, because they didn't have venues or mediums to deal with their own emotion, emotions that pressure of poverty that was really structural in our home just caused so much friction because they didn't know how to process what they were feeling for sure yeah for sure yeah they're just trying to do their absolute best and Mm -hmm. uh yeah show up with what they've been given essentially in terms of that training which is basically nothing from from their generation so yeah, yeah i'm excited like it's it's i i resonate with um you know, you being in a, in a place when you were, when you were doing, started first starting this work and there's not a lot of people talking about that healing's possible and, and whatnot. And I saw that as well when I had started a, a digital journaling app about four years ago, mm. which is how this podcast actually started. Um, and at that time, even that time I would talk about journaling and people be like, well, wait a second, you're talking about the 12 year old girl writing about the boy at school in her diary. <laughs> so, uh, not necessarily, but there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But no, that like, 100% of people are doing some sort of reflection. Um, you know, that, to me, that's all journaling is, is that you're pausing the autopilot, whether you're doing that pen to paper, taking a walk, but you're, you're thinking, right? Yeah. And it's just, yeah. and, and it seemed like there was this like hidden percentage of people that were doing it a little bit more intentionally and consciously or prioritizing that practice in their life that just had, you know, to use some of your words, just a, a cleaning of the mind yeah. effect. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's quite interesting because people don't realize that it takes introspection for you to become the best version of yourself. Yeah. And it takes, you know, when you're able to, 
you know, to really get to know yourself and love yourself and just um, deepen your understanding of your own patterns. That gives you the ability to let go, to understand, okay, what am I holding on to? What is not serving me? What can I let go of? And the moment that you start that letting go process, that helps you shift from your average sort of human habit, you know, the things that you, because a lot of times, like historically, it's been, you know, understood, especially in the Western world, that like your human nature is actually like fear, you know, craving, greed. Um, But in reality, I I would push against that. And I would say, no, that's human habit. That's what we have Mm. like evolutionarily developed to survive. And even not just evolutionarily, but like in our own personal lives. But when you start getting to know yourself and you start loving yourself, you peel back those layers of human habit and you get real human nature, which is love, compassion, sympathetic joy, an abundance of creativity. You're able to see problems in a new way and solve them. Um, and you just have a whole new energy for life. So if yeah. you want to be the best version of yourself, if you want to activate your human nature, you've got to be introspective and you've got to find your own tool to navigate your inner forest. Yeah. So how, how do you r- remain kind to yourself going through that process? Because it, it is, well, it's probably a lifelong process and mm-hmm. probably by habit, we're, we're pretty we're pretty mean to ourselves. I mean, it's <laughs> like, you know, if we had to pick one person to be mean to, it's probably we're the worst with ourselves. And, yeah. you know, the deeper you go, um, I, at least I found this, especially going down the journaling route, I almost felt like as I became more and more self-aware, you know, you start feeling things, you start seeing things that were always there. And I was thinking, wow, like, am I, is this, is this good or bad? Is this like, am I just more self-aware or like, am I legit anxious right now? I mean, it was, there was almost like a blurry uh, part in that journey. And and now I know that most likely it was probably a combination of both, but more so just being more and more self-aware and being okay with what was coming up and learning how to process that. But still, I mean, I struggle with it as well. Just, you know, comparison and this and that, like, so are are there any things that, that are working well for you that allow you to catch yourself when you're in that, in that zone or mindset? Yeah, I've, I've been, you know, trying to understand this problem because I'm totally living with the same thing too. I think we all are. Um, but understanding that it's being driven by this like sense of immediate perfection where you like Mm. immediately you're like, Oh, I understand this intellectually. So now through my daily life, I need to be able to just like act this way and be this way and, you know, constantly live at a hundred percent. And I'm realizing how attached we are to this idea of perfection. Um, and it's just like a constant letting go. And as opposed to just, you know, expecting perfection from myself, understand that this is all about gradual step-by-step development where, you know, every day is not going to be a great day, but as long as I'm, you know, I have a upward trajectory in that upward trajectory, there are still going to be ups and downs, but it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of. And you just have to like literally practice it. It's like, Oh, okay. There's perfection in my mind. And now I'm not, I'm going to stop putting energy towards it. Cause that's one thing It's like tension is going to keep arising in the mind, but are you going to feed that tension? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, When it comes to your writing, is it essentially your personal journaling first, or is it a combination of something else where, 
you know, you're writing a book and you're, you're trying to bring together some themes or some topics and whatnot. And then you're, you know, sitting down and, and, and writing from that place. How, how, what's the, how does it work for you? It's funny. Um, it's making me laugh even thinking about it, but a, a lot of it is just like observations. It's like mm. things I'm observing inside of myself. And then one of the, one of the best ones is like, when I am able to observe it inside of myself and then I'm interacting with, you know, my loved ones around me and I'm like, oh, wait, you struggle with the same thing too. So like, let me put words to these patterns that we're all dealing with. And yeah. um, so it's constantly just like pattern finding, honestly. It's, um, and it's funny because a lot of people will write to me and they're like, yo, are you reading my mind? Like, how are you, how are you able to <laughs> tell me this thing? that is exactly what I'm dealing with in the morning. Yeah. You know, when I post at like 10, 10 15 a.m. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, it, and it's, it's really what Krishna, you know, Jiddu Krishna Mercy, it's what he said. Yeah. He's like, you think you're different? You know, like you yeah. think you're, you know, your own, like, yeah, you may have a unique emotional history, but at the end of the day, you're dealing with perfectionism. I'm dealing with perfectionism. You're dealing with sadness. I'm dealing with sadness. Like, yeah, you have tons of attachments. I have tons of attachments. So, when we can speak in like a general sense about the human condition, like, dude, that's going to fit 80% of us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So the first book inward, um, which again, I mean, all your writing is so beautiful. Uh, it's, it's just one of those books that you just pick up and immediately, you know, you read a sentence and you, at least for me, I, look up and start to think type thing or, or stare out the window, which, which is awesome. Cause anything that can help me pause the autopilot of life or society, right, yeah. um, is I see as a gift. So first of all, thank you for that. And, and from everyone else as well. Um, I just wanted to know, um, before we get into the new book, but just going through and writing inward and getting it out there and, and I think I was listening to an interview with you on uh, Dan Harris's show. And at that point he had, he mentioned something that you had around like five or 600,000 followers on Instagram. And, you know, this wasn't that long ago and you're, you're well over a million at this point. I'm just curious, like if you had to chalk it all up to kind of one central theme, what did you learn going through putting that book on the market? Oh man, that's a, uh, that's a great question. I, what I learned is consistency is everything. Mm. Um, if you can, keep going. And even when it's hard, just like keep going. One thing that's, you know, that I've seen over and over again is I've seen a, a lot of amazing, wise, creative artists just give up and they just stop. And people who I would, how I thought I'm like, yo, this person is fire. Like they're way talented, way more talented than I am. And they stop. And yeah. when, you know, eventually, like, especially with today's, um, the way social media works now, like you'll, you'll find your own niche. You'll find your community or people who will totally appreciate your work, whatever type of artwork you're doing. Um, cause we find each other. We literally find each other through hashtags and algorithms. So, um, but once you find your group, like it'll just keep blossoming from there. But I've seen a lot of people just kind of call it quits. And I think that's in one of the ways where, you know, I succeeded was like, I just keep going, keep going. And, and I just keep going back to the drawing board, you know, cause I, the, the the main thing to me, like I, I almost feel like an accidental poet. Like I, <laughs> I um, yeah. yeah, I didn't like to me, what's most important is the message is like, I'm trying to say something, but what's the best medium to deliver that in. And at the moment, you know, 
I think when I started back in 2014, like really intentionally trying to develop this Young Pueblo thing, everybody was hanging out on Instagram. And, yeah. and I started seeing like amazing people like Rupi Kaur and RM Drake. I was getting so inspired by them. And I was like, man, black and white is the bomb. Like I love minimalism too. And I felt like I had a different message than they had. So I was like, okay, let me see how can I compose this message. And then I started putting my message out there. And at the same time, I was also reading a lot of Herman Hess. So like his mm-hmm. lyrical um, ability with words influenced the way that I was shaping words. And then people were like, oh, you're a poet. And I was like, oh, man, I didn't even know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sure. That's why I always call myself a writer because like the, um, you know, I want to, I like flexibility and I don't, you yeah. know, I don't want to, I love writing essays too. That's one of my favorite things. Okay. So yeah, sometimes they're lyrical, sometimes they're not. Yeah. Well, I just love it. I mean, you're like, like anything that usually yields uh, results, whether external or internal. I mean, it's usually a combination of our environment and what we're consuming and, and our, our perception and, and what we gather from that. Right. It's, um, it's what makes our work unique and special. Yeah, which is, totally. which is really, yeah, it doesn't have to get any more complicated than that. Um, some people just see different things. I think that's, that's the unique gift in, in any craft, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So the second book, Clarity and Connection, and it, this is focused on understanding how past wounds are present in our relationships or how they impact in our present our relationships. How did, how did this one come about? Uh, this one, it felt like a pretty natural transition, right? The, the the idea of the first one was just totally focusing on the individual. It was like, this is about personal transformation. And the next ring out from there was, you know, our relationships, our friendships with our yeah. friends, with our families, with, you know, our intimate partners. Because um, it, it really felt like the whole real arc of this whole Young Pueblo work is, you know, trying to add that support for people to take their personal transformation seriously, because if they're able to love and know themselves more, then they're going to be less likely to harm other people. So if Mm. we're really trying to build a better world, you know, people need to learn how to love themselves and people need to know themselves well, because then they're going to just come up with a lot better solutions and be much more compassionate with each other. Um, But I started realizing that the building blocks of society are in our relationships. Right. Like first, yeah. they're in. First, they're inside of you, inside of your perception. But then, outside of that, it's like, if I can't treat my, you know, my loved ones, the people that I interact with well, then of course, like, I'm not going to care for society. So, if we can, you know, then it kind of just click. Like, let's focus on our immediate connections and see how can we make them more harmonious and tie back the development of the harmony between me and other people with the development of the harmony inside of myself. And uh, making that strong connection so that, you know, people can just, yeah, just love each other a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I, I agree. The world would definitely be uh, a much better place um, if, if people were thinking from that perspective. Um, I want to ask you, because I mean, one thing that I've noticed uh, through, through my work is that we often hang on to relationships um, sometimes forever. And, you know, not to say that they were uh, always bad or always, uh, you know, creating emotionally charged situations, like whatever the case is. I mean, I, you know, there's often a gratitude from, from, from the, from that past relationship or how it started, but I think there's also an art to 
acknowledging or realizing that maybe that relationship doesn't serve us anymore. And it's, but it's so hard to like, how do you, how do you let that go? Right. And have you, have you, what are your thoughts on that one? Cause that's, I think that's a big one. Yeah, people no, struggle I think, with, myself I think included. It's, it's hard. I mean, I've, I've um, been in situations like that too in the past and sometimes you have to let go a thousand times and that's mm. fine, you know, because if, especially if the connection is so deep and it's been a long lasting one, I remember hearing something <clears throat> a few years ago and I forget who it comes from, but the measurement was that if the relation, like the breakup will take half the time of the relationship. And, and it's funny cause I, I had this, you know, but like I'm with my wife now, we've been together for a long time, but before then, you know, I had a great relationship with someone and our relationship was two years long and the breakup took a whole year. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the reality of it. You know, people, they, they move at their own pace and, and even back then, you know, that was a time before boundaries. So like boundaries, people are understanding like, oh, this is right. Like, even though this is hard for me, I should set up this boundary now so that I can more easily move forward with my life. But when you're, you know, sort of like living without this information, what can you really do? But go through that slow back and forward and allow it to be a gradual process. Yeah. yeah. That's helpful. It's really helpful. Cause I mean, it's, it's definitely something that I think we all have to, to face or, or work through. And, um, and as, as you're mentioning, obviously you wrote a whole book on the topic, but relationships are so important in our lives. So, I mean, you, you have to look at both sides and, and prioritize them, right? There's just so many angles there. Totally, totally. I have a, I have a formatting question that I would love to ask. Sure. Uh, Cause I love it, but I feel like, <laughs> I feel like my publisher would, 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 uh, would be yelling at me all the time, but what's with the dropping of the capital letters? <laughs> <laughs> what's behind um, that i was just inspired by bell hooks and by rupee cower okay. i just like capital letters they don't look that good i agree i, think, I, I, I agree it, for the record <laughs> i think I, I think it looks great in a nonfiction book but like if it's a poetry book and it's a book about minimalism like part of the the attraction is design yeah. and um to me like that seamlessness of all lowercase letters like it just looks beautiful you know yeah. And also you can drop so much punctuation too, depending on the way that you shape the poem um, so that people can just read it. So I don't know. I feel like all of language is constantly in motion, right? Yeah. Like a English didn't exist like 700 years ago, you know, like a, a thousand years ago, like all these languages, they develop by people just like being like, oh, you know what? I just made up a new word and I'm going to use it and I'm going to yeah. go ahead and just like do this thing. So I allow myself that flexibilities because I don't know, that's part of being creative. Like, why am I just going to do what everyone else is doing? <laughs> well, I for one love it. And I mean, even, you know, even reading your bio, you know, it's, it's formatted in the same way. I mean, it's, it seems to be part of your, your DNA and your writing. And there, there is something to it that obviously it's, you know, you see it or you notice it right away because we're not used to seeing that. So that's, uh, to me, uh, a great way to pause. Um, but there is, I mean, and you just ex explained that, you know, there's an intention behind that, but I do feel like there's a lighter or a lightness to it. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's not so formal or so serious. Totally. And the, the other aspect of it too, is that it's all of that work, you know, a lot of those pieces, they were like about my life in specific, but a lot of them are not, you know, a lot of them are just observations. So 
I think the lowercase helps it to be more general. So when I say I, I'm not really talking about me. I'm talking about all of us. It's yeah. just, it's literally for the people that this piece immediately resonates with. If it doesn't res- resonate with you, go to the other page. You know, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, I mean, I highly encourage everyone to pick up both books. Uh, the new book, by the time this is out, it uh, should be available. It's going to be available end of April, right? I believe. Yeah, April twenty seventh. Okay, so there might be a little bit of might be right on by the time this is released. But regardless, everything will be up in the show notes uh, for the books. I do want to before we wrap. Do you want to ask a little bit about just your regular routine? You know, yeah, what yeah, the please, mornings yeah. look like or the evenings look like? Because again, there's those are usually. Uh, littered full of really cool practices or ideas for everyone listening and myself included. So yeah, what, what's it look like for uh, a day in a life? Um, so I wake up and the first thing I do is, you know, wake up, um, go to the bathroom and then go meditate. Okay. Um, yeah. So I meditate an hour in the morning. That's how I start off my day. And after that, um, I'll like start checking in on work. I'll make myself this like really healthy shake that my wife and I have been, you know, like structuring and restructuring over the years. Yeah. Um, so I'll have that for breakfast and it's totally inspired by Dr. Mark Hyman. I don't know if yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. He's, his work is amazing. Yeah. Um, he like listening to his suggestions. I mean, they have totally and just really added a lot, a lot, a lot to my life. Um, he, uh, just, just, he, I'm currently on his, uh, protocol of his right now to, I've been on these, these heartburn meds for the longest time and just hated and knew intu- in, intuitively inside that, like, yeah, it's, it's helping with symptoms, but like, I'm probably just not- destroying my gut. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I've been following a lot of his like big diet changes and just some supplements yeah. to come yeah. off and he's, he's incredible. Yeah, I randomly, um, I think my wife found out about him and wanted to try his like 10 day detox. And then yeah. we both did it. And I was like, whoa, like, <laughs> I've never felt like this before. And yeah. then we just like changed our lifestyle to, you know, basically fit that for most of our days. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so sorry, I cut you off. You have to shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like nerding out on health. Yeah. Um, I, um, yeah, we, and then I just start um, either like thinking about writing a new post and like checking in with myself and seeing like what, what is coming up in terms of um, like what's actually developed. Like a lot of times I will have like the beginnings of an idea, but I'll realize that it literally needs to mature. Like I'll, I'll I'll Mm. need to let it just sit there for like another month. And as it like keeps coming up and becomes like more and more mature. Um, So I'll like try to measure out. I also like started trying to really feel out like, do I have that specific creative energy this morning? And, and I'm just like staying really attuned to that. And when I feel it, like I, I take the, take the leap, you know, I try to create something new. Um, okay. I'm, I really like Rick Rubin's um, Instagram where he's like posting creative advice. And, and that's one of the things I got from him. He was like, do it when you feel it, like don't save it for later. You know, when you really yeah. feel it, like I got to write this down now, like do it now. Yeah. Um, and if not, like I've written enough things that I'll, you know, I'll check back and see what fits this day and then share that on this day. Okay. Um, and then after that, it's, it's a lot of just like administrative things. Like I'll, you know, a lot of emailing um, and a lot of writing. Like I'm, I finished my second book, but I'm also working on a third one. Yeah. And um, I'm spending a lot of time 
writing that. That's also going to be my first nonfiction book, which I'm pretty pumped about oh, too. Cool. Yeah. Oh, we'll have to definitely jam again on that because I'm, I'm so curious. Um, being someone writing a nonfiction now, like what it would be like switching into fiction. Like it must be just completely different, or maybe yeah. not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I've. It's not too big of a shift because I really love essay writing. So. Oh yeah. Um. So and I've also you know. I've had a lot of practice like speaking in public before the pandemic. So this is the stuff that I would talk about. Yeah. Um, and, but this one will have uh, capital letters and good, punctu- oh, come and, on. And, and good, and good punctuation. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. And then just, just lastly, like what's the, what's the wind down routine look like in the evenings? Uh, the wind down. Um, it's basically, um, you know, we, I call it quits with work usually between five and six. Um, and then we'll make dinner and then, um, watch a little bit of TV and, um, meditate for another hour. So I meditate two hours a day, every day. And, um, those are like the two pillars of my day. And I do that, you know, like no matter what, like whatever's happening, I'm meditating two hours a day, no matter how great or how bad I feel. Um, and, and that's been like literally just the best investment I've ever, ever made, um, by far, because like, how can I not invest in my own like, yeah. happiness, happiness and freedom? <laughs> totally. Yeah. And, um, and that's basically it, you know, and then, yeah, till the next day. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I've, I've, uh, for me, it's journaling is kind of the same thing though. Those, those awesome. two pillars. And I feel the same way. It's just, which is, which is a, a form of meditation, depending on how you look at all this, mm-hmm. uh, or, t- or practice in it in itself, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's just, it helps so much. And it's just such a great bookend or start in a bookend to the day that, uh, and there's a ton of, you know, there's a ton of health benefits also, obviously if, you know, for your sleep and speaking of Mark Hyman and, I did a whole uh, health series with uh, a couple of functional medicine docs in the, in Houston uh, not long ago, and everything was coming back to some sort of mindfulness practice and prioritizing your sleep. Like those were the staples, no matter whether we're talking to geneticists or functional medicine docs or you know sports psychologists, is all coming back to those those things. So you really can't go wrong. No, and it's and it's amazing too because like I have you know so many friends who've picked up a meditation practice or mindfulness practice, and the results are just huge. Like you know if you got to learn how to train your mind the same way that you have to you know learn how to eat healthy and learn how to exercise your body, like. Or, you know, the same way that you like take a shower and brush your teeth. Like, how are you not going to wash out your mind at the yeah. end of the day? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's the title for the show, Washing Out Your Mind with Diego. <laughs> I love it. That is awesome. Well, honestly, my man, I, I can't thank you for your time and, you know, just energy towards this, this interview and this conversation. But a higher thank you, obviously, from myself, everyone listening and everyone that has been and will be touched by your work and you know you dedicating your energy to showing up the best you can and and taking the time to go inward so that you know you can help so many other people i mean thank you for that that's that's such a beautiful thing to put out in the world yeah thank you so much i'm um you know i feel really fortunate that i have a clear way to serve people to be really honest yeah i really like to think of young pueblo as a way to serve love it 